Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Autumn is Here. I'm your host, Francine Crawford. And today we have a special guest. Um, she's going to give us some information from her experiences. And this is Miss Elisa Applewhite. Welcome her to the show. How are you today, Elisa? How are you, Miss Francine? I'm pretty decent. I can't complain. <laughs> Great. So um, please, before we start, I know that you're in nursing. Um, but before we start, tell me just a little bit about yourself. Um, so I am a mother of five children. Um, I have a husband, so I always tell people I got six kids. Um, and I have been a nurse for 14 years. I've been in healthcare for 18 years total. Started off as a certified nursing assistant, um, and worked my way up to an LPN, then a registered nurse. Um, I traveled as a nurse for seven years of my career. Um, I traveled COVID for two years, um, the whole entire two years. And I did um, about 60, 70 hours a week. I love, love, love patients. Like, that's my thing. That That is my thing. And um, I never realized how much I love patients until I tied it back to my grandma. My grandmother is the one who raised me. Um, and she used to have me do stuff like scratch a bag you know, cut a toenails and at the time it was just like, ah, but, um, I learned to love to take care of people when they are in their most vulnerable moments. Um, so I am now a CEO. I have three companies, um, top of the line healthcare staffing, um, which is the company that staffed the medical professionals and hospitals and nursing homes. Like I used to be, um, then we have a TOTLHS hard to go Inc. We definitely going to talk about that at the end. I'm telling you, that's my baby right there. That is the company that gives back to my medical professionals. And then we have the real Elisa Applewhite consulting, um, which consults medical professionals on how to be the best medical professional they can be. We also partner with hospitals to teach them on how to retain their staff. And then we help other healthcare staffing owners on how to target premium clients. So I am a busy, busy. <laughs> I'm so busy, but um, I love my life. I, I won't complain. It's been a great journey. We started the business in 2021. So, Oh, awesome. Awesome. Wow. That's great. Okay. So, you know, Autumn here is about um, helping and giving support to people who are dealing with aging or aging parents or um, caregivers and things like that. There, there are things that people are going through as they get older, but they don't know where to get information from or help from. And I've learned that the nurses are like that in between, between a doctor and a patient. They, you know, they know the medical stuff, but they also have that heart and they care and, and they, they, um, get involved with the patient and and who they are you know more than just being there and being ill they they get to know the patient so the nurse has a wealth of of information so we definitely want to tap into that so how do you when you um started your company tell me about what was the reason it, what 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 need did you see that was there that was needed for your company Oh, no problem. So um, I always knew I wanted to own a business. Um, I made sure that I went to every, um, every, let's say, floor or specialty that there was in nursing, except for labor and delivery, because I had five kids. I didn't want to see nobody have no more babies. I was over it. You know, I didn't want to take care of no mamas. I, I wanted to take care of the mama after the baby. So um, I did emergency nursing for about six years. I did ICU nursing for about uh, I think four years, um, and then just a mixture of everything else, psychiatric, uh, med surge, telemetry, you name it, I did it. And 
always found myself, even as a traveler, every hospital I went to, they would always put me in charge. And I'm just like, oh, God, <laughs> you know, like I'm a guest. I'm not supposed to be charged. But because people always flock to my positivity, I always went into facilities with, look, I'm here. It's rainbows. It's sunshine. It's unicorn. It's ice cream. It's everything nice until I leave this door because patients don't pay for our problems, right? Patients have their own problems. And when they go into that medical facility, they have way more problems than we have just walking in as staff. So I always kept the positive attitude that, hey, if I'm going to take care of somebody, I'm going to give them the best side of me. I'm going to give them the best part of me because not only are they dealing with illnesses, but now they're dealing with this big financial bill. You know, most of the time people don't know how they're going to pay this stuff. So it's just like stuff like that. Um, that made me realize, you know what, I need to start this self staffing company. And the real difference for me was the game changer for me that confirmed that I needed to start it was when I was working COVID and I did uh, New York, um, California and Texas travel um, as COVID and working the COVID. I had this like this 19 year old patient and the doctor was just like, um, you know, we're going to have to take him off the vent. Alisa, you know, we, we was working really hard to keep him alive. You know, I'm working 60 to 72 hours a week and we were just working really hard to keep him alive. And his comorbidities just outweigh what we can do for him. Um, and what got me was this, this is a 19 year old, right? Like at 19, granted, I was homeless, um, found somewhere. God blessed me. And, you know, I found somewhere for me and my child at the time. But at 19, I still was living. I was breathing. I was out. I had a life. I had so much ahead of me. And here I am in my 30s. And now I have to pull stop the vent on this 19 year old. So I, I asked God, you know, I lost a lot of friends during COVID. Um, like if I make it out of this situation, Lord, just like give me a bigger platform to motivate people. Because what I seen from my medical professionals, from me being in there is it was just a loss of hope. Right. So I, I seen the loss of hope from other medical professionals, from doctors. I seen the loss of like puzzled, like it was something they couldn't figure out or discover because this virus was so new that really nobody knew about it. Right. And I'm like, God, if you just give me a larger platform to motivate medical professionals that, hey, the compassion still exists. It never went anywhere. It's just that we lost this doubt of our capabilities. I always tell people that when we when you get in the medical field, if you're not going into hospice, which is where you're preparing people to get ready for death and, you know, mortality and stuff, it usually in medicine, when you are in the emergency room, ICU, stuff like that, you are doing everything you can your every education you learn, every skill you learn, every medication trick that you've learned, you're doing everything you can to save people's lives. Mm -hmm. And during COVID, when we would take about 10 to 15 bodies per day down to this freezer truck, it became inhumane, you know, mm -hmm. and hope hope just left from medical professionals. And I've seen it when I worked beside them. And I'm just like, God, just give me a bigger platform. And he did in 2021. He gave me a bigger platform. Um, he, I started the staffing agency. It, it has been a blessing since, um, we staff now 230 medical professionals in, New in North Carolina. We have the ability to staff New York and, um, 
New York and New Jersey. Um, but we staff in North Carolina. In North Carolina alone, we have staff 70 facilities. Uh, we're up for a contract for 90 facilities. So it's been, I mean, it's been overwhelmingly abundant. Um, and just to get my medical professionals and have that conversation with them and give them the training to always show compassion when they get in the bedside is just amazing alone because everybody who get my nurses, I'm sorry, Ms. Francine, everybody who get my nurses, they want to keep them. They get my CNAs, they want to keep them. And it's all because I've adjusted the mindset of my medical professionals and I invested in them holistically, right? So that's why I was saying, well, I want to talk about the nonprofit, like, oh, girl, that's my thing. I'm telling you, um, we celebrate our medical professionals, but that is the reason, you know, why I did it. That's my why. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, before we get to the nonprofit, I want to talk about any experiences that you may have had with, um, with seniors, any experience in geriatric, um, anything that you can speak to about, um, you know, what actually starts happening with them and the care that may be needed. Mm -hmm. or some and even some of the care that may be overlooked so these are things to help people um, that are aging okay um one of the things that i've seen a lot in seniors um especially with their the pay the people that take care of them is um companion fatigue so like the person that is taking care of a senior that might be on the break of dementia or just forgetting little things here and there, they get fatigued. They don't take the time out to take self-care for themselves, to be able to mentally prepare themselves for the elderly um, that needs a little bit more attention. Right. Um, another thing that I see with elderly a lot that people should be aware of is a lot of elderly people have rugs like these little throw rugs on the floor. And they have a bunch of them and it shouldn't be. It should be like a clear surface or one set rug, because when you get older, you become more unstable. And when you become more unstable, your balance is easy to you. You're easy to fall. And most elderly people, their skin becomes almost like paper where if you grab them, it can rip. Or, you know, if they fall, it, it just totally rips all together. So you want to make sure that you're preventing, you know, older elderly patients from falling by decreasing the rugs that you see in a house. If you walk around your mom's house and you see a bunch of throw rugs, say, mama, look, I love you, but pick one because one of these is going to be the ones that slip and bring you down. Right. Um, another thing that I see with a lot of elderly people as they get older, um, a lot of elderly people in their homes, their houses, uh, the rooms are upstairs, right? Um, so if you're getting older and you're more likely to go upstairs, you're more likely to fall because of, you know, imbalance, because of medications, um, be stuff like that. So you have to make sure, I always tell people, if you're purchasing a home, have a bonus room downstairs. This way you can, you know, decrease the chance of you falling. Um, the life alert that people have, I think is amazing. Um, I've seen life alerts save a lot of people's lives because they were home by themselves and they didn't have anybody to help them, you know, at home. So definitely um, pay attention to the signs of aging when it comes to forgetting 
If you find that your parents are forgetting a lot, you know, you want to take them to a medical professional and just get them aging um, testing to make sure that they are either on the proper medications or they're getting the proper mental training to help them to better their memory. It's a lot of memory games that you can buy or for free on the um, app store. If you have Android or um, Apple that can help like sharpen your memory. Um, it's been very effective. If you uh, look up like dementia games um, and you don't have to have dementia, but if you look up dementia or Alzheimer's games, it'll be games that'll pop up that'll help you, you know, to get more alert and stay keen in your memory. Um, there's so much you can do when it comes to elderly and that we have to watch out for. Um, uh, one of the main things that I used to always teach, especially in the um, African-American community, is um, most of us have uh, diabetes or some type of preset of diabetes in our family. And um, we don't understand that we lose sensation in our feet. Right. So like if you're pre-diabetic or you're diabetic, it's a chance that you might lose some type of sensation in your feet. So you always want to touch the water when you get into any type of bath water, uh, when you're immersing yourself in like a, a jacuzzi or anything. You always want to make sure you touch it with the palm of your hand. Your palm of your hand is more sensitive um, and less likely to uh, lose sensitivity than your feet. Your feet will lose the sensitivity first. So you want to make sure you're protecting your skin because what happens is you immerse yourself in that water. Water and you didn't know that it was so hot that you end up with burns and marks. And when you get out, you can't even feel the burns and marks because you have no you know, sense of feeling. And one of the things you can do to feel the sense of feeling, you can make sure you're squeezing your toes every day when you get out the shower as an elderly person, um, get your feet up to you, squeezing your toes, making sure you're feeling your toes. You can take like a, um, the piece of the rag or take a piece of toilet paper, rub it at the base of your feet. So, you know, you are feeling things. And if you're not feeling stuff, then you need to let your doctor know. Um, that's, that's really, really big with uh, elderly people um, losing sensation in their feet. Um, some people are like, oh, that feet been asleep all day. That's not good. You need to talk to your doctor. <laughs> that feet should have woke up, uh, you know, when you woke up. So make sure you are addressing stuff like that. Um, Let's see, um, eating habits. If you have elderly people, elderly people, um, that are starting to cough a lot when they eat, that's, that's a thing to look out for. That can be a sign of aspiration. So, um, if they're coughing a lot when they eat, you want to, um, talk to the doctor about it because maybe that substance that they're taking, the consistency is too thin. Um, maybe they need something to be chopped up. Maybe they need to add something to their food to make it thicker. I know that most elderly people hate the taste, but it is better to protect you from eating that food, um, making sure that that food is heavy enough to go directly down your esophagus into your stomach. Um, because if you don't have it heavy enough or you don't have it at the consistency that you can tolerate, that food that you're coughing up is now going into your lungs. That causes other problems like pneumonia um, or any other bacterial infection that you can have in your lungs. You know, think about it. That's a place of sterileness, then now you have food with bacteria and germs and stuff now drip into and sit into. So um, it's stuff like that. Um, so if your parents are consistently coughing after eating or drinking, you need to take them to the medical professional um, to get them um, assessed with a speech evaluation um, or something in that manner to protect the um, elderly. Um, 
trying to see what else, what else, what else tips I could give you. Do you staff, now you have a staffing company. Do you staff for um, private staffing for like, like we have home attendance or, or sometimes you might need a nurse. Do you staff for that in private, privately? So we staff or we don't do home health because home health normally bills Medicaid, Medicare, we're private pay, but we will staff somebody privately if they privately pay us. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. So it's not just hospitals, you, you staff private pay. Yes. So it's people that are reach out to us that just privately want somebody for their parents. And we will definitely staff them that way because it's private pay. We don't have the Medicaid or Medicare certification to do home health staffing. Okay. Okay. So in, in, in nursing, um, when you're, you have someone and they have, maybe they have other illnesses and things like that. Um, do you have an access to like uh, physical therapy or anything extra that they may need? Is that something that uh, you can support? Um, no. When you mean when we staff them personally? Right. Say if you staff the, a nurse to someone and they're taking care of them with their illnesses and whatever they have, um, they notice that you know, movement or something like that happens, um, they're, they're lacking in, can they, um, what would be the procedure? Would they, would they contact their doctor yes. or is there, are you also, you know, have businesses that also staffs physical therapists or things like that? So the first thing they would do is contact a doctor for sure. The doc the primary doctor that's taking care of that person at home. Um, so like, when we go and we do our assessment and if our assessment says this patient needs home health, this, you know, this patient needs this type of medication, this type of treatment, then we will refer them to a home health company that we know. We primarily staff patients that just need companions, right? So um, if you need somebody just to be there for you, help you with your meal, wash your clothes, you know, and that's just something privately and you got denied from home health, then we can definitely staff you that way. But when it comes to if you are like, say if that person seems to deteriorate, well, that person would have an original doctor that we will have that information to and we will call that nurse on behalf of that person. I mean, that doctor on behalf of that person and say, hey, you know, we realize that Miss Elisa is starting to uh, slur or Miss Elisa starting to choke on her food. So we would have that contact. But because we don't have the certification to work in the home, we don't do the extensive care that home health would do. But we have a lot of resources um, where we reach out to people that I actually trust and that are mentors to me that have home health agencies um, that we can connect people to in all states. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. That's, that's great to know. And where are you located now? We are located in Huntersville, North Carolina. So it's about 15 minutes from Charlotte. Yeah, I love Charlotte. I'm telling you, no traffic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Traffic. All yeah. right, so let, let's talk about, um, let's talk, talk about the other agency that you would like to talk about, part of your company, the um, nonprofit. Oh. The nonprofit. All right. So that's my. <laughs> We're there. Let's do that. I won't stop talking about that one. So it's <laughs> TOTLHS Hard to Go Inc. And the reason why I started this um, nonprofit, no lie, my accountant says she goes, you know what? You just going to keep giving money anyway for free. So you might as well start a, a nonprofit. And I'm just like, what you mean? She's like, you need to get a tax break, Lisa, because you're just, you're giving and you're giving. And, and it's nothing wrong with giving, but everybody should have a limit, right? 
Everybody should have a limit. Alisa got issues with limits, but hey, we worked it out. You know, <laughs> we did the nonprofit and she's like, you know, start the nonprofit, do all your givings to your medical professionals, do your nonprofit. And she's like, you can do your heart of gold gala through there. And I'm just like, wow, I never thought about it like that. So once a year, we've only been open since May of 2021. Our first event was last year. Our, our next event is this year, November 4th, um, we have what we call the Heart of Gold Gala. And why this is so important to me, because I remember sitting on the floor when I was um, taking care of a COVID patient and I was sitting on the ICU floor documenting. And I'm like, man, if they just had like an event that, you know, celebrated medical professionals and just told people how great medical professionals were and they had a chance to tell their stories and, you know, they had some type of financial assistance because most medical professionals don't know how to manage money. They can make it all day long, but they don't know how to manage it. So I'm just like, and I seen that it was a gap that uh, a lot of medical professionals didn't own homes. And I'm just like, how can you, you not own homes when you make decent money, you, you know, as a medical professional. So I was one myself, right. Um, who didn't own a home and made a lot of money and it, it just didn't make sense, but I wasn't financially educated. Right. So it was like, you know what, if I could just have an event like that, Oh, when I have my business, I'm going to have this, this grand ball. It's just going to be beautiful. And God gave it to me. He gave me exactly what I had asked for. Um, and last year was the first event and it was amazing. It was sponsored by um, U.S. Bank, uh, Focus Office Suites, um, Yummy Muffin. Oh my God, her muffin's so good. <laughs> so good. Right. Um, so we had some sponsors there that like came and did their thing in the first year. You know, I did not pitch for sponsorship or none of that. I'm just like, hey, you want to help? You want to help? You know, and me and my husband, and I can't forget top of the line healthcare staffing. We sponsored almost 75% of the event. And it was beautiful. We had 52 medical professionals that got up and told their story and just, you know, was happy that they finally got a chance to tell what was going on. We had five of them to walk away with $5,000 of debt assistance. They, those same five people had credit, um, credit people working with them for five months. They had a financial anal analysis person that worked with them and break it down to them and show them, hey, this is your debt and this is how we're going to target it based on how much money you, the $5,000 you get. And like they followed them for five months. And then if you didn't own a home, you have the um, option to connect with a realtor or an in a mortgage officer. Of course, US Bank was the mortgage officer because they, they, they sponsored us to help you get ready to purchase a home um and it was just so beautiful and i was so excited and it was um in charlotte it's always going to be held in charlotte um and they were uh, served like service i'm talking about high service everybody went up to them it was directions that if you see a healthcare staffing um person you go up and you just say thank you because we went we went through a lot and i just feel like we needed that appreciation and these were like the top of the top of the line medical professionals because they were always referenced by our employee, I mean, by our clients. So we did like surveys, like, Hey, who would you recommend for the award? And they like top of the line, this is the person. And I'm telling you, it was the best of the best. Like 
these medical professionals are awesome. And I, we have the thing at top of the line where we say we care about how you treat the patient when the door is closed. We care about the integrity, the professionalism, the accountability that you show and the compassion when the door is closed. And these 52 medical professionals, it was nurses and CNAs, they showed out. They always show out no matter where they go. Right. So I was we were talking about it this year. I was like, man, we can't keep picking the same people, but they're so great. <laughs> you know, they're so great. Um, but it's just like it is it's their chance to be recognized and my way of saying you know what i see your work i see the hard work i see the cries i see you going into the bathroom eating lunch because you can't get out the er the er floor you know i see you dealing with the patient that have attacked you or probably chased you around to try to kill you or something like that i see you dealing with the patient that's dead weight and you got to push them and move them yourself just to make sure you know they're clean and their skin is not breaking down so it was a moment for me to say you know I appreciate this healthcare. Like I appreciate medical professionals all together. And I got people to celebrate with us. Um, but this year is going to be an amazing year and you need to come and you need to get your ticket and come. And if you want to sponsor it, I'll definitely send you the information so you can become a sponsor. But um, I don't know if you remember Mario Armstrong came into the MMU. And he came, he gave his tutorial about his sponsorship program. So we went ahead and took that investment and did the sponsorship program. So it's going to be, I, it's going to be bigger than ever. I cannot wait. And our goal is to have 52 medical professionals walk away with all of these goals. Um, because. I want people to grow. I, I I really want people to grow. And you could give people money all day long, but if you don't teach them the principles of money and give them that financial literacy, then um, it's not effective. You're just giving away money. And this year with the nonprofit, our initiative is to help 100 medical professionals buy 100 homes. So I'm really, really excited about that. Um, so I'm telling you, the nonprofit is my thing. I could talk about that. <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, that's that's awesome for you to do and to think about the medical people that, you know, do the work. You know, sometimes we just kind of take people for granted mm-hmm. and um, and they're appreciated. So um, I'm glad that you're you're doing that. And I'm sure it's going to be awesome this year. Um, definitely send me information. Um, in closing, let me ask you, if there's anything that you would tell a caregiver or a family member that's dealing with um um aging parents and the stress of it and um just certain things that you know you want to share with them Mm -hmm. i would definitely say keep the compassion right so compassion is it can't be taught it's something that's in you that's inbreded in you and you have to practice to keep it every day and with certain aging parents um you, it becomes stressful because that's not your mom or dad that used to hold down two to three jobs and, you know, make sure she had a meal on the, on the table or excuse me, or he had a meal on the table to take care of you. That's not the mom or dad that used to wash clothes and put you to sleep. And, you know, that's the mom or dad that needs you at this moment. So you have to remember like who they were before 
and at any moment you can become them. So you want to treat people with the compassion that you expect for yourself. And it's small daily reminders. Like you can do affirmations. Um, that's one thing that I do with my medical professionals. Like I am compassionate, right? Um, saying like, I am powerful. Um, I am going to give the best care that I can um, to our patients um, or our family members because it is a daily reminder. You can't just go in and wake up and just like, just do the work go to sleep, do the work, go to sleep. It's the quickest way to get burned out. You have to do something to change your mindset every day with when you're dealing with patients and elderly people because they change and and they they can't help to change, right? It's right. nobody knows that, hey, one day I'm gonna grow older and not remember my kids. You know, nobody knows that. So if you are still in your right mindset to know that, then you have more control over the situation than they do. So instead of getting angry and frustrated with something you can't control, get educated and positive about something you can control. And we all can control our behaviors. We all can, you know, if you don't have a, a medical or psychiatric issue, you can control your behaviors without medicines. You can control the way you respond to people. You can control the way you act. So it is best to keep that control and take that power and say, you know what? Today is going to be rainbow, unicorns, ice creams, and sunshines um, because everything I could think of that I want candy, whatever you think of as a child that you want it, you know, hey, it's going to be that positivity, million dollars just pouring around me all day long. Nobody sees the money. It's just me just seeing it, you know, whatever imagery, visual guide, anything you need to stay positive because everybody, every human that's breathing deserves to have compassion. Every human that's breathing deserves to have somebody that cares more about them at that time and their need than they care about themselves. And that is what true healthcare is about. That is what we take the O for. That is why we stand up here and go through all this stuff for two to three or four years of training. We take it because we know that everybody deserves somebody that's going to be accountable, professional, and that's somebody that's going to be compassionate, regardless of what's going on in their personal life. So don't take it personal. If you're taking care of an elderly parent, do not take it personal. Just remember when they took care of you. Just remember it. That's all. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's been wonderful speaking with you and getting to know more about your company and what you do. Thank you for your service and for, you know, going after your dream and, and you know, seeing it through. And that's why you're getting blessed with all these different accounts and things like that. So um, continue to do what you, you're doing. And I just thank you for taking time to be on Autumn here and giving us all this information. You know, nurses just have all this information. <laughs> and you gave it to us. Wait, it's just crazy because you like you between the patient and the doctor. So it's like, uh -uh, exactly. hold on. So that's another tip that I always tell people. Um, if you got a patient in the hospital and you're there and you're advocating for that patient, make sure you write down what the patient is asking. And if you don't remember what the patient is asking, you have particular things you're asking, write it down and give it to the nurse and say, hey, when, when the doctor comes in, can you ask them these questions so the doctor can be aware of what is really going on in the room? Because they just come in, come out. You know, some of them are a little bit more thorough, but 90, 
80% of them are not. It's the nurse that's there that is being a person. So ask them the questions and also say to your nurse, please don't let them leave until I understand. So that nurse can say, hey, I used to do this all the time and doctors hated it. I would block the door and I would say after they finished talking and saying whatever they're saying, did you understand what the doctor said? And if my patient said, no, you ain't going out that door until my patient understand what you're saying because it doesn't make sense for me to keep calling you 800 times when we all right here together, right? Sure. So um, most of the doctors would know <laughs> that was used to me. So they'd be like, at least I'm standing at the door. I'm not, I'm not dealing with you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so make sure you definitely do that. Write down your questions. Be prepared for the medical professional to answer them. And don't let them leave until you understand, truly understand. Say, stop using these big words. I ain't got time. I ain't go to school for that. You did. You did, right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, Lisa, to meet you and to, to have you speak on one of us here. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you. And we have to stay in touch. We have to stay in touch. Oh, definitely. Anytime. You just contact me. Let's get get on a schedule. And um, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate this platform, too. Thank you. This is nice. <laughs> okay. All right. So have a great day. You too, darling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.